Welcome to tonight's podcast. Tonight's podcast is The Taste of Victory, and we're joined by two wonderful star guests. Uh, I'm going to introduce them one by one. They've had uh, a little bit of hype on the social medias because we're getting better at that side of things. Uh, but we're just going to go in order of viewing. So we're going to start with you, Miss Katie. Oh, hey. You, you, you want so, me to talk now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Introduce <laughs> yourself. So this is the, the beginning part where you get to say pretty much whatever I want, pitches, things like that. We're letting you introduce yourself. Let us know who you is, what you'd be about. Oh, well, I don't have anything to pitch you guys because I just met you. So that seems super rude. But I will tell you that my name is Katie Nelson. I'm the CEO of a company called Sales Uprising. I love all things monetization and amazing humans. So how's that for a beginning? That's a that's a great intro and I love it. All right, jumping over to Miss Gibson. <laughs> hey, just call me Megs. I, Megs I'd much okay. rather that. It's kind of like I mean, we got Rye Guy, we got Rook, like Megs. I'm Megs everywhere. I'm just me. So I <laughs> I am in Australia. You can tell by my accent, and I am fascinated with anything to do with human beings as well, which is why Katie and I love love. Uh, being here, but I am what's called a life alignment coach. So I basically help people figure out who they are and then have fun being that in every area of their life. So I think I'm going to have fun here and I'm sure I can bring some of, uh, you know, the wisdom from from that into this conversation. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to pitch either at this stage other than uh, just show up as you are and I'll, I'll, that gives everyone else permission to do the same. All right. Let's be clear. I have tons to pitch. I'm just not going to. Which yeah, totally. <laughs> I do appreciate. I do appreciate. Um, you will have some time at the end though for if there's anything that you think of that like, oh, I do want to talk to these people about this. So don't worry, you will have time if there's something you think of. Um, so oh yeah, getting right into the topic. Uh, the flavor or the the taste or I can taste victory. You can taste victory. Whatever the heck the title is today. Um. It's all about adding flavor to your combat, right? Uh, and we're going to start generally how we do and be like, what, what's flavor in combat? What does that mean? What are we talking about, right? Uh, and it's really just the storytelling aspect that you add to the game mechanics of the games, right? Uh, when you describe narratively an action instead of just letting the numbers tell you exactly what happens, uh, that is adding flavor in the, the most basic sense, right? Uh, describing how a fireball looks as it impacts a group of enemies, the noises they make, all that fun stuff. That's all the descriptions that can add to the flavor of combat. Now, there's a couple other things that you can add for flavor. Um, but shooting in the dark for you two, and not shooting in the dark for Rye Guy, uh, what, what would be a flavor of combat that you guys would add? Oh, hearing those quick descriptions, what's something that you guys might add to a combat that you've seen? Oh, well, honestly, Megs, I'm going to go first. I try not to watch combat. It's not my favorite thing. But understanding the platform in which we are currently sitting on, I will tell you that the words that I would use 
uh, would be things like searing blue light. So if we're talking about your fireball, for example, right? Things like that. Okay, so your 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 addition or flavor is more in the descriptive section. Interesting. What about you, Megs? Oh, mine would be about how I'm feeling and how what's happening is making me feel for sure. Now, that, um, oh, go ahead. That would be where I would come in. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. Well, that's it. Without that's having a... anything to actually apply it to right now, but no, no. Like that's the first thing that came into my mind. It's like you know, it's important to that helps me make choices when I know you know. I can be self-aware like that. Perfect. No, that's a that's a great example. All right, right guy, what you got? Four billion things, but stick to one. Four billion things uh, to add the flavor to combat. I like uh, showcasing the different uh, tactics that the enemies utilize based off of what they are. You know, a dragon is going to fight differently than a goblin. Hopefully, uh, otherwise, it's going to be a really hard goblin to kill. Um, so jokes aside, those are all three very good ways of, uh, getting into your combat. And we're going to go through all three of them because I think all of them highlight something very different and I'll add a couple others as we go along. So starting with, uh, Katie's, uh, which is the narrative description of whatever you are doing, right? So this is probably the simplest and the starter for most GMs or DMs or players. If your GMs allow you to describe what you're doing, uh, describing how the things you do look bright blue lights, uh, the smells, the, the, uh, the textural things as you cleave through someone or something, um, or burst them into a billion pieces, you know, whatever. Um, being able to describe that really does add flair to your combat. It adds that flavor. Uh, we talk about taste. Do you tell me that when you slash through someone with a critical hit and parts of viscera hit you in the face, that's literal taste. Um, but you wouldn't know that would happen if you just were like, what'd you roll? A 20? Sweet. 20, 27 hits, you do 17 damage. That's not as cool as you strike the orc from shoulder to hip, slicing him in twine, and he falls apart in front of you like some kind of Mortal Kombat finisher. I uh, agree. That's a, that's, a, that's a really different flavor, right? Um, one's definitely quicker than the other, which is something you have to consider when you are uh, doing these things. Uh, but the narrative description can completely change how something feels. Now, to kind of catwalk over into the second part, doing so can also allow people to express their feelings through those actions, right? So, again, we'll go with you hit a critical on an enemy that you didn't like and you cut him in half. Why did you cut him in half? Why was, why was it so violent? Well, maybe you were feeling angry, upset, um, scared, all those things uh, that you as a player generally, not necessarily as a DM, uh, that you express through your actions allow you to flavor how things are going on around you. Because it's not always rainbows and sunshines in the Forgotten Realms. Um, <laughs> no. But, but uh, <laughs> having a, a couple mechanics to add on this one. So uh, what we do in our games for a lot of stuff when we're not in combat uh, is we take a D12, right? And we'll roll that to see how you're feeling. And sometimes in combat, we do that for the enemies as well to see how um, how much morality they have. In earlier editions of like D&D specifically, and some other TTRPGs, they have a morality system built in. Uh, but it's kind of an overlooked feature that you usually have to homebrew. Um, so being able to describe how the enemies feel when you are attacking them or whatnot, uh, either through their own actions or uh, through a narrative, hey, that one is crying in the ground, praying for mercy. Um, you know. 
all those things can add to the flavor of your combat, right? It takes it from a hack and slash by the numbers to an emotional combat that go that you'll remember later on, right? Um, especially if it's someone with a, a big bad uh, Yahoo, we'll say, uh, that's important to the storylines. You know, describing that stuff is just as important. Um, jumping back to the descriptions really quick. The other thing you can describe is misses, because you don't always hit. That's an important thing to remember for your combat. The misses are just as exciting as the uh, as the hits. Um, if you've ever watched a uh, martial arts movie and counted how many times things are blocked or missed, uh, you'll get in the couple of hundreds of strikes comparatively to the amount of times that they hit. Because you know when masters fight, it takes one strike to win. Very similar concept in combat for D and D. So it's way more important uh, to describe those misses uh, to build up to the hits. Um, and so on and so forth. Because if you describe two or three misses, you know, planking off people's armor, they dodge nimbly out of the way, things like that, make your enemies seem more competent and not just blobby yahoos charging forward at full speed. Which will then jump over to our tactics, right? So this is something that Younger brought up, is the tactics of the enemies changed by what they are and who they do, right? Uh, he brought up goblins and dragons, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep on that motif. Goblins, really generally are going to just run straight at you and attack you. Unless you're in their home. And then you're going to have to deal with traps and all kinds of other things. Uh, I will make reference to Goblin Slayer anime. If you want to see what goblins can be when they are serious, that, that is serious goblins that is not beginning of entry-level uh, creatures. Um, I do not suggest you to play goblins like that unless you are playing a very hardcore campaign for your players. Um, jumping over to dragons though, dragons generally, you know, when, when players fight them, they're on the ground and they're, you know, contained, but in all reality, they should be flying, right? They, they have wings. They should be flying 50 feet above you doing, you know, fiery breaths or chumming in and slashing you and then flying off. So you only have a couple of seconds to slap them. Um, and in those, just like in Lord of the Rings, they, uh, they don't attack smog until he's located in his own lair. Right. Um, and using that in combat can showcase the advantages that your players are using in a positive direction, right? So, like, uh, in D&D specifically, some of the dragons, as they get older and bigger and whatnot, have what's called layer bonuses, uh, or layer attacks or abilities, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it keeps the, the group, uh, from being too, too crazy about it. You know what I mean? They have to be careful when they're charging the dragon in their lair because he might slap the ground and lava pours out and hits him in the face. And no one likes that. Um, but it also takes their ability to fly away, generally, unless they have a very open lair. Um, catching a dragon in the lair is the safer, quote-unquote, option there. Um, but yeah, I mean, so those are, those are kind of the, the small additions that we can add to flavoring combat. Uh, Younger, I'm going to start with you and go backwards this way. Can we, what about something else? What do you, what do you guys think? Of? You guys are chatting in the chats. I love it. I can't see what you're saying. I gotta open up the chat over here. So, I'm gonna catch up. Gosh so, dang it. I want to be a dragon. Sounds like fun. <laughs> but um, basically, uh, in in conjunction uh, with all that, there's there's the tactics, both of the descriptions of like how well the traps may be made. To as um, like what actual battle tactics do they use? Like are they using cover and concealment? You know, um, if you have a depending on your style of battle map that you're using, whether it's a theater, the mine, and there's no map, or you just have plain grid squares, or you have an actual map, 
you know, those all add to the um, visualization that your players are able to understand of the story that you are holding on to them. Um, and so uh, going into a step further, you know, like how how easily noticeable the other creatures are or how uh, how perceptive you are and are you able to notice creatures uh, also determines your gameplay um with with and you can take it even a step further whereas the social interactions between the characters and the npcs if they are intelligent you know add an extra layer of uh flavor to that combat like your your enemies don't just have to be all grunts and hack and slash you know they could be attacking you for a particular reason they could be uh instead of having monologue at the beginning of combat which you can do i guess um, you know, they could be having they could be having their uh, their their social interaction during the combat. They're they're all fighting for their own true reasons. Add an extra level of depth to it um, if you're able to display those, whether that be through a social interaction during that time or uh, based off their actions. You know, actions speak louder than words. And you know, we kind of we talked about that in our last podcast was really giving the enemies a lot of uh, of uh, tactics and more reasons behind what they're doing, right? Uh, but to kind of to kind of refocus what we're talking about here, we're talking more about the 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 making the fighting cooler, right? What makes the fighting better while you're playing these games, right? Um, I will have to say this is this will probably be better for for Katie's realm. Um, not all combat is done with swords. Not all combat is done with large siege weapons or things like that. Sometimes a, co- a combat is a conversation. Um, and to kind of to play into that. Uh, what 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 is something that uh, you as a person when you're having an argument uh, is something that you would consider a weapon? Starting with Katie. Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Perfect. All right. Mix. Oh, silence. Silence. Interesting. Okay. So in uh, a game that we feature called uh, Legend of the Five Rings. Uh, what is it called? Sorry, brain brain farted for a second. But the, there's a literal combat system built into uh, intrigue, right? It's intrigue battles, um, and it's all about the political conversations that the would-be samurai are having with their lords and ladies and things like that. Uh, and it's about how they do with their etiquette, how they do with how they say things, what style of presentation they give themselves, um, and all that can be shifted into a combat style for lots of TTRPGs. Again, sometimes silence. Uh, is a powerful weapon, right? Sarcasm is biting and painful, and the bards love it. Um, literally, in uh, D&D's combat, when bards are doing their quips and things, there's a uh, spell. Uh, younger, help me out here. What's the name of the spell that all the bards have? Vicious Mockery. Vicious Mockery, thank you. Which is literally just uh, sarcasming your enemies to death. Uh, works does psychic damage. You ever, you ever say something so mean that you can physically see people cringe in pain? That's what the bards do. Um, in game, for those that are playing, if we're adding flavor, you can literally just use uh, Siri or uh, see other AI that uh, helps with things. Alexa, Chat GPT. Uh, well, oh, that's, yeah. that's you. Uh, but there no, you go. Uh, using AI, a, I know. Uh, Alexa literally <laughs> has a uh, vicious mockery built in as one of her little uh, things. So you can say, Alexa, do a vicious mockery and it'll do some kind of quip for you. Um, it's it's pretty fancy. 
Um, most, most if you've ever like asked Siri how you look today, she can be very sarcastic. Oh, wow. It's a fun game. It's <laughs> too funny. But uh, going on to ChatGPT, if you're one of those people that struggles with writing and are playing a character that is sassy and whatnot, you can always get pre-built dialogue that way, right? If you need, like, ten funny quips that you can say in combat, that is an excellent way as a player to add flavor to what you're doing. Because if you actually tell a joke, or actually do something that is in character that isn't necessarily spont uh, spontaneous, uh, it can really, you know, you can have lots of fun with it. As long as you're not saying the same thing every 10 seconds, uh, unless that's your character making that joke 48 times, which is also a bit of flavor. Um, they can have lots of fun with that. So, going back to uh, our in-person conversations, right? Our intrigue battles. How would you guys add flavor to those kind of interactions? Again, you're on the assumption that this is essentially a battle without swords. What do you use to win battles that way? Starting with Katie. So, uh, sorry, I was in the middle of chatting this very thing. Uh, how the literal language that you use, right? So I had an ex once who informed me that I would use really big words when we were in arguments because he, I knew he didn't understand those words. Now that was not true. I was not smart enough to know that he did not know those words, but uh, you know, the words with all of the syllables. So you can actually, if you're looking to win an argument, you have the ability to use language that is just confounding and confusing to the other party to the point of where they either they, they just back out, right? Um, or they leave themselves open. So if it's a combat situation, they're going to say something that's going to give you an opening where you can go in for the kill. Nice, nice, nice description. I like that. Um, I, uh, I think that that feeds wonderfully into uh, that style of, of combat, right? As you, you use things to confound your enemy. And as a GM, that is a wonderful opportunity to showcase how smart your enemies are. Uh, because if they are the ones using the big words against your party, uh, it shows some kind of level of intelligence that maybe the party isn't ready for. Or they're maybe ju they're just a nerd. You know, whatever. Um, but I'm jumping over to you, Max. What are you trying to say there, buddy? I'm just, you're a nerd. Accept it. It's okay. Okay. You're in good, com you're in good company. I like it. So, Megs, what about you? What's something else you would use to win a quote-unquote battle of wits? Ooh, a little bit of humor goes a long way. Like, you know, in a trickery. Okay. Uh, or a way to diffuse the situation, yeah? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because... Diffusing but with humor, bringing lightness, levity, all those things. Like, I'm all about the joy over here. So, we you know, move on. Let's get through this and but move kill on. Kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness, baby. So, 100% attractive yeah. to use if you're playing a roleplay-heavy campaign uh, is you don't have to be a bastard. Uh, weapons mm. don't have to be your first choice. If you're just a, a kind of sweetheart ever, you might melt the uh, Eldritch Knight's steel heart just because you're a, a sweet something or other that's nice all the time. Uh, sometimes when you give Good a way to get in the door. Right, exactly. Um, which goes to the next way to flavor your combat is disarming it. Um, not all combat has to end in death, right? Um, for our younger kids in our, our personal system, one of the things that we're building is uh, a no-kill rule, more or less, right? You as GMs and players can institute a no-kill rule, right? Um, where if it's your player level, you could literally choose not to kill people, right? Do non-lethal damage, so on and so forth, right? And you're intentionally leaving people behind so they don't get hurt. 
um, because that makes you feel good. Gives you the happy feels, whatever, right? Or the GM is saying this setting, it's not appropriate to kill people. Whether, again, usually for our younger kids, the ones that are, you know, below the age of 12 and whatnot, that's something we implement a lot of times. So the violence is decreased a little bit. Um, but it's also there for the adults. If they feel like, I don't, I don't really want to rip people apart. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't feel like my character would have the nerve or the will to do that. Right? If you're playing a character that's a, we'll say a magic caster or something that generally deals from a distance, but they're forced to go up close. They might not have the will to stab someone with a knife. Um, they might be able to bonk them over the head a couple times, but you know, they're not going to do a quote unquote finishing blow. And this goes to more than just D and D. There's plenty of systems where non-lethal options is a way to go through. Um, but with that, we can also uh, flavor those with conversations, right? You can talk an enemy down in the middle of combat. You put your weapons up, your hands up in the air, you say, hey, I don't want to do this. Or, hey, you shouldn't do this because you're going to die because the three heavily armed people behind me, uh, they kill everything and I'm trying to talk you out of it. Um, both of those are acceptable ways to end combat ahead of time and add more character flair to the combat itself. Because if you have to duck, dive, and dodge as you're trying to convince someone to stop trying to hit you, uh, it really can add to how you play. Same thing with doing non-lethal stuff. If you have to find weapons that don't actually kill people with still being able to do a significant amount of damage, there's plenty of roleplay potential and things like that. Um, You guys are chatting over here. I gotta, I gotta look at that for a second. Uh, and yeah, you do have options to talk them to your side. Um, So don't, don't be afraid. So B2Dubs, for you guys chatting in the chat, just, just talk over here. Um, the chat's really meant for the people that can't use their voices. Um, <laughs> hey, JD. It's, um, but it, we don't want to interrupt you, man. Oh, so, no, no, I no. mean, this please, is all please good stuff. Um, no, no, no. So when you guys talk, just as a quick interruption, you guys are totally able to, uh, uh interrupt and go on ideas so we can talk about this thing. So don't, if I'm going on a ramble, just shut me up. Uh, <laughs> But as you were saying, uh, talking people into your side, totally something that you can do depending on the DM, like uh, JD said. Um, and it's really just up to the rules. So there's not a built-in mechanic for it. Specifically in D&D, &D, there are TTRPGs that do have it in there where you can talk your, your enemies into allies. Uh, again, there's some that that's like, that's the, that's the goal. The more people you don't kill, the better, the more experience you get, yada, yada, yada. Um, so, on to the next question. Unless you guys have anything to add to the intrigue battle combat editions. Well, I was going to add a couple oh, things. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. Um, one of the, I think one of the critical pieces uh, that was kind of barely touched up on, it was like more around the edges, was uh, as, as, a, as a weapon for an intrigue battle is information, which is both useful in literal battle and a battle of wits. Like if you know some you know, information about this person's past, you can be able to better assess their reactions to certain situations if you know their historical patterns and tendencies. Um, whereas if you are also very knowledgeable of the terrain of which a battle is going to take place or the etiquette that might be happening in a courtroom, you know, you might be better suited to, um, you know, combat somebody who is ill-informed on those particular environments. And that goes for players as well. I mean, if players don't know the etiquettes and they make a big faux pas, punish them for it. Um, you know what I mean? Because that, that's what would happen to anyone else in the situation. 
uh, and encourages them to not just be boneheads and charge through situations. They might take the time to learn. Um, so, yeah. Playing them something called a combat. Say that again. Right? So, you know, I think Megs and I don't, uh, you know, we're like, oh, we don't want anybody to blow up. We want to, you know, Megs no, maybe become a dragon. But if you're in the middle of a combat and some there's like an etiquette problem, absolutely punish them. <laughs> Break a finger or whatever can whatever you can do. I agree so, with that. Okay. Um, so, I mean, for example, um, if we go from breaking etiquette to breaking fingers, uh, Legend of the Five Rings, that is something that can happen. If you uh, disrespect someone that's of a higher class than you, they have the utter right to kill you on the spot. Um, so you really have to watch your tongue and how you talk to people um, because you are a lower class, depending on what role you are playing. Now, there's consequences to just murdering somebody, obviously, but that doesn't stop high-tier NPCs from just cutting you down, even as a player. Um, so learning those social etiquettes and things like that, depending on how heavily your GM enforces those kind of rules, uh, can be really important. And again, that's something uh, when you're building these games, you set up ahead of time and let people know that like that's a possibility and they need to behave themselves or you know that kind of stuff. It's all about setting the right expectations. We talk about this a lot, but setting the expectations for the games you're playing at the beginning, if it's the beginning of every session or the beginning of the entire game itself, as long as the expectations are clearly defined at some point, everyone's going to have a better time. Um, because that's how That's true with most things. Yes. Perfect. Yep. But actions do have consequences in real life as well. Yep. So it's good to, you know, I like that that's getting fed in here because, you know, we're spending time in this other world. It's not really any different to this world, which is, I think, one of the things you and I talked about. It is. Yeah. Uh, before we jumped on here. So, yeah, I mean... I'm all for it. But the cool thing is you get to create it so you can create what those are. Yep. And the, it's an excellent storytelling bit to start with your players. So they, they are uh, involved in the rules of your world, right? Um, the downside to playing other people's modules and other people's stories is generally you don't get to input those bits, right? And you lose that possibility for flavor. Whereas if you're doing a homebrew or something that you've made yourself or with the group of people that you've played with, uh, you get to build those things together, which is super important and will make everything better because those extra layers of flavor make the soup taste better. Um, <laughs> speaking of soup, I back agree. To, back to combat. Um, we're gonna add. Oh. Some, we're, we're gonna add. Are you some, hungry? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I could actually give a good example of a bard uh, that we had recently. He was a bard of the eloquence younger, uh, but his all of his backgrounds and whatnot was that he was a cook or a chef. So uh, his flavor to his character that increased combat stuff is he would literally be cooking food in the middle of combat and when he gave boosts or bonuses or things like that, he was giving you food to munch down on or the smell was so good that it was inspiring you. Instead of singing songs and other bard-like things, his thing was cookery. Um, and adding that to your character's uh, things really does add quite a bit of flavor to the combat itself, right? Because he's got to be over there frying food somehow because magic um, to make tacos. Like, the silly, Well, I could totally be that bard. <laughs> I, I mean, that would be a really good cook? weapon. For, I can, like, man. If that, I didn't even know that was a thing. Totally. I'm such Make a good cook. It's all a thing, Meg. It's all a thing. I'm just figuring this out. It's impossible. <laughs> See, and I'm the type of bard who would, people? 
who would potentially like hide the fish for days so that I could feed it to the enemy, but it's bad fish. So then, you know, they're like out the game because they're not feeling so good. They're not feeling so hot. Hey, that's absolutely a- poison enemies. You know, there's been tons of kings who have been assassinated through wine and drink. Don't give her a sword. She'll find out, figure out how to use it. You just gave her like food and oof, how quickly that escalated. <laughs> it was bad fish. I don't want to feed it to my guys. No. Totally an option. See? Uh, presenting a peaceful, peaceful choice to then having being sick. Now, for a while, from a storytelling standpoint, that could be 100% a really good key point to go from, is you're coming off as friendly and being deceptive. And that lead into mm-hmm. combat directly afterwards because immediately all their men got sick after eating your food kind of thing. You know what they say. The quickest way to a man's heart is through his stomach. <laughs> oh, look at what? 99% of true. Megs is going to have the biggest following. Uh, everybody's going to be her ally. She's going to sing yeah. to them and feed them, and they will so all just not, follow her everywhere. Or food poisoning. Or food poisoning, right, right. It's the bad <laughs> um, But uh, going for the narrative, if you were to do that, right, it would give you the opportunity to have those characters have violent reactions in, a, like, puking and being sick in the middle of combat while they're doing things. If you have add that to your combat as well, that's another style of flavor. It's kind of a gross flavor, but it's a flavor nonetheless. Um, yes, talking about tasting viscera is much better than puking goblins or on, whoever they a, are. It's on par. It's on par. It gets uh, time for my dragon to swoop down. I mean, I'm the distraction. Oh, I oh. That, that actually hits on a note of not only like knowing, uh, you, like knowing your players, like when you're playing, um, and allowing them to instill some of what they want to do in the combat. So some new players, they're a little bit afraid to describe the environment and or like what they're trying to do when they're interacting with the environment. They're very plain. And the DM uh, oftentimes goes a step further to as to further describe like what they're attempting to do um, when they're new. But when you get a little bit more experienced or, you know, somebody who's a little bit more forthright with how they want to play, you know, they can ask like, oh, this is what I want to do. And then they can go on as to describe how they want their characters to do things so that's mo- the most accurate to how they want to play their character. So if your character doesn't want to kill people, you know, like, oh, instead of using a club, you might be carrying around a blackjack, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's how you knock them out, so on and so forth in that combat without being, uh, or you could be a little bit more eloquent with your words and how you describe what you want to do. This is all true. Oh, excuse me. So we're we're at about the thirty minute mark. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out a thing really quick, and we're gonna play a quick game. You guys will probably recognize what it is really really quick, and we're just gonna go in order. So it'll be Katie makes Rye, Katie makes Rye as we go through this. Okay. So all I'm gonna do is ask you for a thing. You give me the thing, and then we move on. And then at the end of it, you'll you'll see what it's made. So you guys, I'm just gonna give you a hint. It has to do with dragons. Yes. So first things first, I need a type of bird. A, ne- a type of what? Verb. Verb. Sorry, I thought you said burp. No, no. Verb. Um, <laughs> look, uh, a type of verb. Jumping. Flying. Yeah, you know, 
with jump. All right, now I need an adjective. That's Younger. you, Meg. Younger. Ooh. Nice. Megs, ignore, ignore, oh. ignore Younger. He's, he's just being funny. Okay, an adjective. Yes. Mm. Ooh, so many, so many, so many. Ooh, hot. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, next up is a type of animal. Uh, right, guy? Squirrel. Squirrel. A jumping uh, hot squirrel. Wow. Just going over to uh, Katie. I need a plural noun. They? Uh, a noun? Person, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Mountains. Sorry. It's the late. Look, I'm the You're late good. You're good. side of the house. All right. Another adjective, Megs. Fiery. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking. All right. I think it's because it's hot in my room that I'm thinking of things that. <laughs> All right, right guy, noun. Noun, daisies. Uh, just singular, so daisy. All right, verb. Back to you, Kate. Meditate. Oh, nice. uh, for a third time, an adjective. Sorry. I, I'm not, Spicy. I did, not, I did not pick this. Spicy. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, I'm sticking with my theme. Yellow, younger, a color. Yellow. Okay. Um, Katie, an occupation? The diatrist. Uh, I'm going to have to spell that. How dare you? P-O-D-I-A-T-R-I-S-T. We'll see if For I can read. All right. Uh, a verb this time, Megs. A verb. Sweating. Flying. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Flying. <laughs> Sweating. <laughs> Either one of those. All right. We'll do Fly. Uh, da, da, da. Younger, an adjective. Oh, um. Would searing count as that? No, that's a that's a verb. Dang it. Well, actually, um, technically, I guess if uh, something is searing hot, could easy be either. Would that be an adverb? Yeah, I think it is a technically an adverb. So change it to adjective. an adjective. It's an adjective. Give me an it adjective. Is. It, is. it is an adjective. I just looked it up. All right, whatever. Um, another animal, but plural. Worms. No, not you, Katie. And those aren't animals. Um, Worms are turtles. animals. Whoops. All right. A verb ending in ing. Megs. This time they can end in ing. Catching. Catching. <laughs> All right. Younger, a part of the body. Oh. Appropriate part of the body. Feet. Keep it PG. What? 
a noun for Kate. Handle. Handle. Okay, and last but not least, an explanation. Exclamation. Haha. Uh -huh. I can say it right. The what? An exclamation. Um. Nah, I have no idea. What do you mean by that? Like, wow! Like I have to make it now? Amazing! Oh, okay. Just, whatever. Uh, yeah, you're Help! <laughs> Perfect. All right, so what you guys have just crafted is the latest entry into the Monster Manual for Dragons. You guys couldn't oh, tell. We were, making a, we're, we're making a Mad Lib really quick, and then we're going we're gonna to digress from this in a minute. So... What you guys said, it's called Dungeons and Dragons, so let's take a moment to jump these hot creatures in detail. That sounds inappropriate. Dragons are an iconic type of squirrel that are often encountered as enemies and less commonly encountered as true mountains. Metallic dragons are fiery and noble. That's actually very appropriate, which is super funny. Uh, while evil chromatic dragons will burn your daisy to a crisp without question. Uh, you can meditate. You can't meditate. A book by its cover, but that doesn't apply to dragons. Red dragons are known for their spicy nature and evil temperaments, while yellow dragons are known to have personality of a lawful... What was that word you used? Pedia... Pediatrician? Podiatrist. Podiatrist, thank you. Dragons fly longer than humanoids, so they consider themselves to be searing beings. Most of these... Hu most think humans are dumb as a barrel of turtles. Most... Or, but... Sorry. But no matter what type of dragon you meet, one thing is for certain: catching one face to feet will <laughs> will be a handle to remember. Help! <laughs> I think we did well. I think I think for not knowing what you were doing, that was that was that was fantastic. So that's like relatively close. Yeah, intuitively, to... <laughs> intuitively tapped into the dragon thing. Gotta say, it was good. It was Lucky good. it was hot in here. <laughs> so, with that being said. <laughs> Uh, all of this Lucky. was right, is a good example of uh, flavoring combat in a negative manner. Um, so we talked about the good things of adding to the combat and like why adding to it is important. The other bit is not adding too much. Um, because as uh, just like we'll go back to soups, if there are too many things in the soup, you'll muddle the flavor. If there are too many descriptions, too many uh, flavory bits thrown into your mechanics for any TTRPG, you'll ruin the game. So, um, a general suggestion across the board is have one major thing explained, or maybe two major things explained, depending on how big your group is, per turn. Whether that's a miss, a hit, all that fun stuff, a single thing, right? Uh, describing how an enemy looks or feels, uh, giving another description of the environments that you're in. Uh, that is one thing we didn't cover, was flavoring your combat through environments, um, because whether it's a social setting combat or a combat combat, uh, where you fight makes a big difference. Uh, one of my favorite uh, movie things is from Gla Gladiator, right? When they're executing him in the woods at the very beginning and uh, they try to pull out their swords and their swords are stuck. It's freezing cold and he makes the line, you know, the, the cold makes the, the blade stick and then he murders them. Well, you can do that in-game as well, right? Having that affect your enemies in narrative ways uh, in the combat to decrease a situation for a player to make it survivable. Well, we'll talk about fighting a dragon. Um, if a 
red fire dragon is fighting in an icy tundra, they might be having a harder time than, we'll say, a white dragon would, because that's, you know, their ideal environment kind of thing. Um, doing that to your enemies adds that flavor, right? Um, and wrapping it back to bad versions of this, doing that not on purpose uh, can really mess with how combat flows, right? Uh, if you completely ignore the terrain and it's just a flat landscape all the time, you're going to have a really hard time. But if you overcomplicate how people have to move and interact with what they're standing on, uh, you will also make it take too long while you're trying to do things, which is fine for some games. Some games you're there for the descriptions and the uh, narrative bits. Um, but depending on your group, some of them just like to roll dice and have fun, right? Uh, if you add too many of those mechanics, too many of those story bits, uh, you really detract from what your group wants. We talked about this before. It's all about the... <clears throat> excuse me, the expectations of your table ahead of time um, and setting those up will help. Um, now, how do you determine, excuse me, what's an appropriate amount of flavor for your quote-unquote soup or your quote-unquote game? Uh, what, do, what do you guys think? What would be a good quantifier to tell what your group would want? I'm going to start with Katie. I would ask them, I mean, honestly, so the other part about or I would at least put forward a couple of ideas that I had as the DM to qualify which one they would be most comfortable with or what they would appreciate most, right? When setting expectations, the other part of that is qualifications of the conversation. So I would make sure that what I'm thinking is going to be appropriate for my room. I'm delivering to my people. There we go. That's a, that's a way to bring it back to IRL. Megs, what about you? I don't know. Um... I think I would pre I would definitely pre-qualify before I started creating. I mean, you gotta know who's in there and what they're about and what they want to experience before I'm like that in life, right? Like I you're gonna throw mud at the wall, like hope some of it sticks. It probably not ten percent of it might work. The other dart's not gonna resonate. So I probably would be pre qualifying first. I don't know if that's a thing, but that's what comes to mind. So, you asked me that question. As, as a note, there, there's definitely a style. Uh, so lots of DMs spend hours and hours prepping their sessions, specifically tailoring to the people that they're playing with uh, to make it lots yeah. of fun, right? And us as a company, we do sometimes. We have stuff that we plan out ahead of time, but a lot of time we work on improv. Um, so throwing mud at a wall and I see what works. I have a question about that. Oh, go ahead, listening. So if you, one, that's an expectation that you set, right? Mm -hmm. So in and of itself, how we, how we choose to do this is in an improv fashion, which means that me, as a person who's going to be playing, I get to say, yeah, I'm all about it. Hells to the yes, let's jump in. And that's what I expect from you, mm -hmm. right? So in, an, in its own way, you all saying that that's what you do allows for qualification. Right. I'm qualified, right? Yeah, so exactly. however it works. Yeah, no, no, no. You're 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 hundred percent correct. And again, this was just a quantification for how we do things, right? How we teach people how to play. So the throwing the mud at the wall works, right? Because eventually you throw the the mud enough, you'll make a pretty picture. Uh is kind of the thought okay. behind it. Uh, but that doesn't mean there isn't any prep beforehand. We make sure the mud is wet. You know what I mean? There's there's a little bit of thought put into it. We don't just, you know grab a handful of dirt and throw and see if it sticks kind of thing. Well, Got to make sure it's mud. I would think in this scenario for you guys, all roads lead to Rome, right? As, as, uh, is a saying I've heard a couple times this week. Ultimately, everybody's on the, on the bus to go ahead and get to a place, whatever that place looks like from you all's brains. 
So everybody's in it to win it for their their character and from whatever the DM's telling them. Right. So everybody that's right? A fair, that's a fair assumption. Alright, younger, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the question before I get sidetracked with good good answers. Okay, so I think it's a little bit um the expectation is is a mixture of a before and after picture. I think you need to communicate and talk like, hey, like you're not really gonna have a player's not gonna have the idea of like what the campaign's gonna look like unless you tell them like, hey, are you critiquing it to what their expectation is? Or are you telling them what you have to bring to the table? Yep, you know, move the mic closer to your face, buddy. Okay. Uh, give them give them the opportunity to know about the world. Like whether or not we've lost you. You're a robot. Um, and it was gonna be so good. He was saying, I just <sighs> know it was. Eh, it's okay. He'll be right back. Look at him. He's like, I already know what it was. It wasn't that good. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know what he's gonna say. It was good. All right. Get See. Here, you weirdo. There you go. All right. Try it now. Can you hear me now? That's much better. Hey. So, um, what what I was going to hit on was. Um, a little bit of critiquing before and after, you know, give the expectation to your player, be like, hey, this is the kind of environment that you're going to be playing in, whether it's a high fantasy or a sci-fi world, those are the lo- different levels of expectation. Have a brief conversation of like, hey, what is the kind of uh, character development that you want your character to you know, Some people have level five characters, some people have level one characters. What is that character's backstory and how can it be in play, implemented into the game system of just playing, so on and so forth. And then after each session, just go on and be like, hey, what did you like? What did you like? Uh, and you hear those critiques and stuff. And, you know, and if their character would have had a problem with something in the middle of combat, just it's okay to like tell them that they can do an on the spot correction, be like, my character would never do that. Be like, okay, what would your character do? Right. So, it's a concert critique, right? Uh, this is something that we stole from the army, basically, was an after-action review. It's something we add on to most of the, the sessions. Uh, and it's literally, hey, what did you like? What didn't you like? The good, the bad, the ugly. So we can mold our stories to better fit our narrative things. It's unfortunate when it's for a group that's like a single event, that just like that one time. Uh, you know what I mean? And we may or may not work with them again in the future. Uh, but if for our long-tier groups of people, you know, having that after-action review to, like, Taylor craft the mud throwing uh, definitely does help, right? And it helps build that expectation. It helps build those stories as you go along. So if things change or like, we tried this and we hate it, you can say that at the end of the session and be like, let's not do that anymore kind of thing. Or next session, let's avoid that. Um, and that part of the communication is uh, what makes or breaks lots of campaigns. Um, because if you get a person who's feeling alienated or upset by the flavors that you're adding to your games, uh, they're going to run away. And the more people you lose, the more likely a game is to die, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, so, uh, thank you for bringing that up, Younger, because that's an excellent point. The the before, the middle, and the during is all included in those expectations as you go along. Because they do change from time to time. Um, just like the flavors that you add. If you add something into what you're doing and you don't like it, or the people you're playing with don't like it, don't add it again. You don't have to. Especially if it's a homebrew thing. Uh, that's one of the wonderful things about most TTRPGs. Uh, is you can craft them to what you need them to be. Um, not necessarily, they don't have to stay as they are 99% of the time. Like, if you change too many core elements, you might as well play a different game. But, uh, besides that, 
you got you guys got what I got. All right, next question for the group before I continue rambling into nothingness. Um, with the uh, discussion of flavors and things, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit more, and you guys have heard other things. What are some in, some stuff that you would add? Flavor-wise, in what you do personally, not necessarily for combat in games, but like in your own business, what are what are ways you add flavor to what you do? Oh, so one of the things that you're talking about when you say add flavor, all I hear you say, which is horrible because I know what you're really talking about. But so, uh, when you add flavor, you're storytelling, right? You're telling a particular part of your story. Your environment is a part of the story. The way it looks, it feels, all of those things, and so. In my business all day, every day, one of the ways I add flavor outside of just being who I am, which is relatively funny most of the time, is through storytelling, right? And making it, a, it using real life IRL examples, um, using my own personal experiences to add flavor, um, along with walking people through the story of what things can look like or could look like. So like a glimpse into the future, that type of thing. Interesting. I mean, that's, that's excellent. Storytelling is useful in so many different ways. So jumping over to Megs, what about you? What's a, what's a way you flavor you, what you do? Hmm. I would, a lot of what Katie just said, but I mean, I'm all about people being real. So I feel like it's really important for me to be that first. Because when you are when you are being authentic, so authenticity is probably a better answer actually. Like when you're authentic, it gives everybody else in the same space the opportunity or the permission to be that way as well. So I think that that gives people the like sort of freedom to explore who they are, which is a big part of what I do. If you're not authentic, if you're not doing it in a real way, then it's all just pretending. So it's a little bit different to what you guys do because it's all pretending. But if you're asking me what I do in my business, I'm Mm -hmm. about the opposite of that. (laughs) I couldn't be further from pretending if you tried. But the cool part that is very similar to what you guys do is that when you're not pretending and you are being real in real life, you then get to create something where you don't have to pretend. And so what I love here is that this is play, right? This is where we get to kind of show up and have fun and and play with each other where you can then create a character that feels like it's an extension of you and then you can still show up. Do you know what I mean? So that's where I would kind of see this kind of after this conversation where we've got to the connection here. Mm -hmm. Like if I was to show up and play this game, I would want to find a way to make it an authentic extension of who I am so that I could play freely. Nice. So, so, so you to, know what I mean? No, no. To piggyback on that, because that's an excellent point for the reasons why we add the flavor to stuff and things, right? Uh, is because it really does allow you to be an authentic self in a safe environment, right? As a, as a whole. Yeah. Um, I love that. So like you can be an extension of yourself. It can be that total. This is, this is just Meg's brought in from the real world to go fight dragons or to be a dragon or whatever. Right. Uh, you could be the authentic fake version of yourself. Right. Cause there's no reason for you to not do something besides your own internal monologue or dialogue with that character. Um, oh, we well, you. you know, it's kind of a nice way of um, 
I feel like if somebody was working with me and they were struggling to move out of who they've been pretending to be for a long time, that this environment would be a really good way for them to try on who they are. Do you it, know what I mean? 100%. Like how cool is that? Like it's like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to come into this safe space and I'm going to play and I'm going to try like what it feels like to be me. Like how cool is that? I just kind of listening you know, the conversation here and I feel like that's a really I don't know it's just been something that's been going through the back of my mind because it's not easy it's really it's a hard journey to go on to you know let down your walls and be vulnerable and like in here where like it's safe it's it's you know it's a re, um what do you call that fantasy world where we're but we can still be who we are and we could kind of try that on what it feels like and then we could then go out and you can actually potentially die life. much faster there um from well, you, you know, could too. <laughs> i'm just saying like if we're paying attention um but no so what i the megs as you were talking i think what i would um add to that brooke is um flavoring with perspectives so yeah. you know not everybody's gonna like an ice white land or a place that's cold or a place that's hot or a place that's filled with detritus of body parts you know like whatever it is so you know um but getting to try them on for size remind and here you go megs it reminds me of like the movie the runaway bride like she didn't know what kind of eggs she liked she has to try all the eggs so D D gives you the opportunity to try all the eggs yes I, yes yeah. oh, gosh I that's like pretty much my life <laughs> my old life uh but yeah totally right like how do you know what you like if you don't have have a chance to try it on Right. And, 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 cool. and the other thing I would say just really quick is of that course. I, I understand that it's a, a role playing game and therefore has some um, aspect of fantasy to it. And that that's part of the fun. But I also think that it's super real. If you choose to say yes to a role playing game, then I am that dragon or I am that dwarf druid, you know, moon druid. I've decided I think is what I heard is best. So that's what I'm going with. Um, you can guess as to where I got that. Um, but, you know, that's who I am in that space. And I'm going to act in the appropriate manner to that character with those strengths and weaknesses and intelligence levels and um, skill sets. Right. And that's real in that space. Right. And, and so it's, I, a, I would put forward it's still authentic, Megs. Right. And you can always. Oh, yeah. But I mean, how cool is it to create one that is actually authentic? Yeah. It's kind of cool. And the and the thing about realism, right, in the the would be fantasy genre and all that is the TTRPGs as a whole cover so much more than just fantasy, right? They do sci-fi, they mm. do modern, uh, they do all kinds of stuff. So like, if you're looking for something that's closer to the flavor of what you want, you can find something that's close and then augment it from there, right? We I keep making jokes about soup, uh, but there are plenty of soups to try out there, uh, and then you get to spice them up however you like, um. Right, yeah. You do what I do, but what would you say that you add to your stuff to add flavor to your 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 what you do? Well, I think one of the um, presentations I think is a good uh, a good demonstration of that. Whether it's demonstrating uh, the presentation, demonstrating that you are um, adequately skilled to take on your roles and responsibility in whatever business venture you're doing. And or to the extent of like uh, having your logo basically is, is an extension of yourself to the public. Um, 
I think those are all things that are related to that portion of it. I agree wholeheartedly. So, uh, with all that being said, we got about five minutes to wrap up. So, I'm going to give Katie and Megs a couple minutes to talk about their stuff um, before we do our fun wrap-up bits. Unless you guys want me to ask more silly questions. I also have other silly questions prepped. Um, I'm Look, I don't need to talk about me. I talk about me all the time. I'll take one minute. Okay. Megs, what do you think? We take one minute, you take one minute, and then we get we finish with silly questions. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so at, at at the beginning and at the end of every day, I am a person who massively believes that the small business community is like the life's blood of any particular community. And so my entire being lives to support the small business owner. For business owners who are just coming into their business. I teach them how to sell so that they can make money and pay for all the things that they don't want to have to do in their business so they can just keep serving their clients. So that's what I do. That's how I help grow businesses. And I do it all day, every day, and hopefully I'll do it till I'm dead. That's who I am. Okay. That was, that was less than a minute. You killed it. Great pitch. All right, Megs? <laughs> well... Uh, piggybacking off of what I just said a minute ago, like I, I want to create a world and am contributing to a world that is full of people who do not pretend to be something they're not. So my life's work is all about helping people uncover or rediscover, uh, mainly women, uh, who they are at the core and then help them make aligned choices that help them to create a life where they can be that freely. And I do that through one-on-one coaching. I'm also um, in the process of launching a community where we can actually do that as a group, because I think what I love about what you guys do is that you have that community and it's a place for people to show up and do what they love and, you know, be themselves. And so I guess I'm kind of creating that as well, but for people to actually grow into themselves, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, I, there's lots of different ways that I can support people, but ultimately that's what I'm working towards. I'm also a podcaster. If you can't tell, I like to talk. So that is not something I have trouble doing. So that's my favorite way of showing up in the world and letting people know I exist, (laughs) uh, is, um, talking about what I do, because I do think that, you know, when people start to realize that, that this is something they need to, um, to step into that they then need to develop the courage and have the permission to do that. So that's what my, uh, my, my conversations are mostly about. So I heard a rumor and I want to, want to confirm it because I posted about it earlier. Uh, are you full up for this year already with your podcast guesting and all that fun stuff? I totally am. I literally just booked decided what my last show was going to be. It's actually on Christmas Eve, believe it or not, because mine come out on a Monday. So I'm going to do uh, a little Christmassy one um at the end of the year but other than that i'm full and i'm starting to fill up for january it's so cool because i think that i don't know who's listening to this or or watching but you know (laughs) there is far too much fakeness in this world so i think what i was just saying is actually it resonates more than um than we realize so plenty of people who want to have that chat with me and in case you guys don't know, so Roger uh, Brooks talking about Meg's podcast. It's the Free to Be You podcast. I highly recommend it. Um, and it kind of has. Well, yeah, a, Katie, come jam with me. Just uh, come oh, jam with me. Yes, and Rob. absolutely. Well, <laughs> and so 
I, I'm I'm on it at some point. I'll get the schedule, but that's not the point. The point is, is that it's about free to be you. And so when Megs is talking about part of the reason why she loves talking about TTRPGs, which is probably not a statement she'd ever said in her whole life ever. Um, <laughs> it's a whole community of people that are free to be them. And so she yeah. wants more of that all day, every day. So free to be you podcast. I'm just a guest. I go on and I entertain people and I make everything about sales and how you can make money. Um, if you're a business Money owner, makes the world go around, really, it, it does, crazy. you know, oddly, it's not free to breathe anywhere on this earth. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, I do it through making sales fun and through the human connection, which is my favorite part, which is why I'm here today. And by the way, we appreciate you both very much. Now we're a little bit over time, but, uh, in the meantime, before we get our five minute bit, I do want to ask you guys silly questions because you guys sounded excited about that. So. Uh, we'll go on yeah. for a couple minutes here, but we're going to we're going to start off and some of these are going to seem a little random, um, but this is just so our audience gets to know you guys just a little bit better. Um, so the first question is, if you have any superpower for a day, what it, would it be and why? And only a single day. So you get it for one and that's it. Oh, well, Take can it. it be a superpower or it can be something that you wield that gives you the power? Uh, I, I I'm going with the lasso of truth all day long. Really? Okay, that's that's on brand. Oh yeah, that's on brand. I like totally. that. Oh, <laughs> that is. Although, why wouldn't you just do like mind reading? Like, if you really want to oh, know, no, but that, that's so cool. Have you seen that girl? Like, she's my, oh yeah, yeah, she's my spirit yeah. animal baby. I am Wonder Woman at the core. So for me, it would probably be um, like this super simple. I want to teleport. So if I have one day, it would be like I would save it up for the most amazing thing so that I could go to like the top of Mount Everest and then to somewhere in the middle of the African safari. And then like it could I could actually see all the places that I want to without being in traffic and get that done. Well, can I hang out with you for this day? I mean, imagine if we teleported and then we as made long as you don't use your lasso of truth on me. Oh, no, no, I'm you. joking. We'll just go for use it, it on whoever we come Are you kidding? Look, you love to talk. I love to talk. And. So there's a thing called a six word story, you guys. I went here. Now I'm going to give your like whole audience a, a challenge. I'm going to give them homework. Look up six word stories. And I challenge you guys to come up with your own and you can do it for your character or you can do it for your group or you can just do it for you as a human. I have a six word story and it's not even six words. It's called all love, no bullshit. So you can, Megs, you can go ahead and use your lasso of truth on me ooh, any day. Ooh, I, whatever I you got want. One. I got one. She Give it to me. And then she died. That, that, I hope that's not your story. At the end of the day, that'll be my story. But yeah, I like it. Come up with yours, not just anyone. Oh, mine. Ah, sorry, yours. I misunderstood. I thought you just six word story. I crafted your six word story. Okay, all right. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll message you about that later when I come up with it. So, uh, younger, hold him to it. Comedy. There you go. It's not a tragedy. It's a comedy. Nice. Um, <laughs> younger, what's your superpower? Uh, my superpower would probably be uh, so, uh, the ability to uh, create things in my imagination and make them reality. Solid, solid yeah. for a day. So yeah. if I think about dragons, dragons are popping up. For, forever. Oh, they're yeah. Just, they're the dragons. <laughs> we, it'd be a bad day. You'd be an eldritch horror by the end of it. Um, so... You guys want to hear mine? Yes. Yeah. Time manipulation. I only get it for a day. Oh, he can have it forever. I'm doing that right now. I'm in the future. <laughs> right? 
Thank you, thank you. All right, next silly question. Uh, we've really been talking about food and soups and things like that, uh, but what's the weirdest food combination that you've actually tried and liked? Ooh. So, like, oh, I'll, I'll go I'll go with mine first. Uh, something that my grandma yeah. did forever ago was cold pizza and peanut butter as a breakfast food. Ooh. I see that. Like, it's salty and sweet. So I get that. But I, so I... I don't judge food as to be like weird. I eat it all, so I really don't know. I this is horrible. Well, last night we went to sushi, and I dipped my spring roll into the Japanese mayonnaise, and the two my two kids that were with us were like, "Ew!" It's actually really good. They're crazy. Yeah, that's a that's a great. Combo. I love spicy mayo. Yeah, right. Oh you gosh. can't go wrong with spicy mayo. All right, right guy. What about you? What's your weird combo? Prepare yourself. It's it's gonna be. Weird. Um, oh no, I. I... Like, like they said, I've tried so many things now, I don't even know what's considered weird anymore. Um, traveling everywhere and such. Uh, if I go all the way back to my childhood that I look back and I'm like, that's still pretty weird. It was like, I used to eat like peanut butter and butter sandwiches. Um, yeah, so I, uh, my Grammy used to feed me butter on crackers for no reason. I mean, I guess I was hungry, but that's a weird thing. It's not delicious. I went through a phase. I went through that phase. I went through the phase where like I would dip the teaspoon, like half a teaspoon of butter and then half a teaspoon of peanut butter, like straight in the gob, like nothing else. Nice. JJ says his weird one is uh, rice, soy sauce, and mayonnaise, which I don't think is that weird, man. That's that's pretty normal. It's not that weird. Yeah. All right. Moving on. If you add chicken to that, you all like mayonnaise, which just has to go. Mayonnaise is not a real thing. It's gross. Yeah. You can make it with eggs. It's natural. It's fine. All right, next question before we spend too much time on weird foods. If you were stranded on a <coughs> desert island and could only bring three things, what would they be? That's so hard because my, my Kindle's going to run out of juice. Um, <laughs> sunscreen. <laughs> okay. Look, I'm, it's, I'm, I've only got a week is likely so i think i would bring sunscreen a pillow and my kindle okay all right you're going, you're going out in comfort i like it yeah. Megs, what about you what are your three things i mean you live on an island but it's a little bit bigger and i wouldn't call it necessarily <laughs> a desert most of it no least. it's not that good oh man um air conditioning okay <laughs> just straight up air conditioning unit i'm for it um Sunglasses, because you know, okay. cool. Got it cool. And water. Smart, smart, smart. Living more than three days. All right. Yeah. Right, guys. Like, like, oh, I, I guess I'm going to go pretty basic. I want a whole aircraft carrier. Um, I want a plane, and I want a, uh, a beacon that says uh, that I'm lost. That's actively working. There we go. That's so cheating. I'm <laughs> cheating the system. Totally okay. cheating. I right. I'm like, I feel like <laughs> we should have set better rules for this. Hey, it's just three Me, things. I just don't. three things. Uh, okay, so my yeah, three. I mean, I asked if I could take a person. That would that would have been one of my three things. You could take a person. Person's a good choice. Oh, well, I mean, then I switch my aircon out for for Luke. Oh, there you go. go anywhere without. I don't go anywhere without him. Nice, good choice. As recorded on on video, you can show that to him later when you need proof of love. Oh, I shall. It'll I be hot. I, I traded you up. Because I won't have aircon. Uh, let's see. It'll be even hotter with him. Anyway, continue. Uh, so, let's see. 
Uh, I think I would do uh, a boat, right? Uh, fishing setup. Uh, and then... In a on a desert island, so there's the assumption that you're next to an ocean. Oh, now we just need over. I totally missed that. Continue uh, on. So boat, fishing <laughs> rod, uh, and or fishing stuff, uh, and I think I'm gonna go with water too. You know, if we're if we're gonna be that, I have to be stuck on this island uh, in this fake scenario. Those three are probably a good choice. Uh, uh, desalination, please. Brad, I'm like desalination. Thank you, younger. I, you know. If you're near water, there's a whole ocean right there. Yeah, I'm not that smart, though. You have to know how to operate the machines. Whatever. I have my Kindle and a pillow and sunscreen. So just give me my ability to desalinate water. That's all I got going for me. All right. We got got three more to jump through before we finish this up. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If you could swap lives with any fictional character for a single day, who would it be? Who would it be? And what would you do? Wonder Woman. Right. Hello. Called it, yeah, called it. Yeah. Easy. Although I'd probably. What would I do? Lasso people. Well, I mean, there's that, but I would just eliminate. I would eliminate the people because that's what she does, right? She takes care of business. I'd be taking care of business. You know those those things that we we could jam on for another hour that we don't like. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I bet. <laughs> All right. Miss Nelson. It's any superhero? Any, yep. Any fictional character. Fictional oh, character. Oh, Pepper yeah. Potts. I'd be Pepper Potts. Interesting. I have no problem okay. with that. All right, all right, all right. Right, uh, what about the, you? The power behind the power. Yeah, well, I mean, by yourselves, if you go by the comic book, she's a complete badass, as is. I would I would probably be the, the hero in one of my favorite video games, like Oblivion. Uh, but if we aren't doing that and we're in Lord of the Rings, I guess I could always be smog. <laughs> Just be a dragon? <laughs> Heck yeah. You'll live until you die, man. Um, let's see. Fictional character to swap places with. Well, uh, Count of Monte Cristo passed the, the count part. All right. Why? Because well, it's an awesome life after after all the terrible things happened to him. Fair. Did we oh. just get to jump into one spot of it? I oh, would right. assume so. Right. You know, to start from the beginning, otherwise you have to learn how to be that person. That'd be terrible. <laughs> You're just swapping places for him for a day. It's a single day. I'm going to be in one of his good days. There you go. life for a day. All right, moving on. Uh, what's the most unusual or quirky talent that you have that not many people know about? Oh, wow. Quirky talent? What, what's the definition of quirky and talent in this question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're assuming I have skills. Oh, look, I'm going to leave that to personal I... definition. So if you feel it is quirky and or a talent that you do, like if you know how to juggle or something. Uh, all right, time out. Uh, JD says he can wiggle his ears together or independently. Oh, I can't do them independently, but I can wiggle my ears. Which you can't see on this camera, but I can wiggle my ears too. I was like, yeah. And I learned how to do it because my dad wiggled his ears. And when I got glasses when I was a little kid, I would push up my glasses with my ears. So that's how I learned how to wiggle them. 
Thank you, JD. I wonder, I wonder if that's a skill that all people that with glasses have. We just figured out how to wiggle our ears to keep our glasses in place. That would make a lot of sense. Megs, what about you? I don't know. I don't know if I have one. Nothing comes to mind. Maybe that's my skill. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's it. Nothing bothers me. Skill acquired. Quirky skill. I, I, I know something I do do. You know, something I do do, I have a habit of running into things. I don't know why. I wouldn't call it a skill, but... Do you run into things and don't you know? get bruises? Because that's the talent. Is oh, no, I... Well, no, not necessarily. <laughs> okay. So it's a, I, a Luke calls me a baby thing. giraffe. Quirky <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the quirky I got. I don't know if it's a talent, but, you know. And my daughter's exactly the same. <laughs> you gave that to your kid? Nice. How dare you? Not intentionally. <laughs> Uh, poetry is, is my quirky talent. I'm pretty good at haikus. Oh my god. I would have thought limericks, but okay. I uh, believe haikus too. <laughs> second limericks. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Shakespeare could talk, but we are not on the similar level. Um, Alright, last question. If your pet suddenly could talk for a day, what do you think they would talk about? How awesome food. I am. Okay, oh, easy. All three of mine would talk about food. Uh, Right, you have a, Actually, a mine would talk about how much he misses me because he doesn't he doesn't live with me anymore. But I don't get to visit him occasionally. Hmm. I think we have pretty big. Yeah. I think that my dog, uh, my mom's dog, technically, I think it would be talking about all the things that it heard everybody in the house say and uh, try to blackmail people. Nice. <laughs> so you and your mom's dog have a good relationship. No, we have a good relationship. Just that's, I think that's the dog's personality. <laughs> that's hilarious. I think mine would complain about my children. Gets all the other dogs in trouble for the things that they do or it does. Yes. That sounds about right for your dogs. All right. Well, we're 13 minutes past our normal time schedule, which is totally okay. That's the best thing about this podcast is as long as we want it to be. Um, but I'm going to try to wrap it up in a couple minutes here. So, uh, we have an event tomorrow. We will be out at uh, Discovery Peak uh, Charter School up in North Pole, Alaska. Uh, so, if you're in the area, come check us out. We will be doing our fun vendory stuff. So, doing the gauntlet, selling dice, all that fun stuff. Uh, our code for the month, if you're on the shop and want to save 10% on basically everything that we sell, uh, that is through us, is uh, Caesar, as in the salad, 907. Capital C, lowercase everything else. Caesar 907. Um, I think other things. Uh, we have a couple other events coming up, but uh, they'll be announced in the, the Discord. Um, we got new products on the way. Eventually, there'll be more surprises. If you haven't seen the new products that came out, we got a whole bunch of new resin dice styles uh, and some really cool leather containers that you can add to your dice and or uh, just buy as is. Um, Younger, am I missing anything else? I think those are the hot topics. Hot topics, indeed. Speaking of hot topics, thank you guys so much for being here. We really do appreciate you. Stick around a little bit after the show because uh, we get to do some talking and whatnot. For everyone else, thank you so much for being here and get ready for the theme song. I'm even going to leave your faces on so they can see. Oh, that's not what I want to show. Uh, <laughs> do we get to dance again? In, a, in 10 seconds, if I click the what right buttons. Oh, hey, look, my email's up. Hey, look, more signs. All right. And...